some think we're funny Most people don't know We're too old for this podcast Hello everyone, this is my very good buddy, Abby Barrett And this is my very good buddy, Brandon Boogie And this is We're Too Old for This Podcast. Here's the concept. Two best buddies, that's Abby and myself, watch buddy movies, and then we compare the movie friendship to our own. This week, we are talking about 2002's Bend It Like Beckham, starring Parminder Nagra and Kira Knightley. Is it Kira? Yeah, I think it's Kira, right? I think it's Kira. spelling right? Double K? I call her Double K. That's weird. You don't don't know her. she, I know, but I, I just call her Double K because it's just that's our thing that she doesn't know about. Wouldn't it be faster it, to say KK? Double K. It's, no, but it's that, like it's like K Double K. But if you say KK, then you get into yeah, that's some, true. Someone kind of expects a third K to happen there. Yeah. And, you know. Do you think it's weird that I have a nickname for some for a celebrity that I've never met? Do you have any um, nicknames for celebrities that you've never met? Yeah, I think I think I probably do. I'm like little Stevie Siegel. Little Stevie Siegel. For Steven Seagal. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I think he's the funniest celebrity. Like he, he's a like, good he's he's a good reference. Like I just want to make fun of him all the time. Well, I think it's because he is hilarious. He's a very bad actor. Yes. And also probably a terrible person. Oh, I think it's not so even probably. I think yeah. it's like on record. Right. So it's just like that makes that's just that's just good fodder for some good, clean fun at, at, yep. at little Stevie Siegel's. <laughs> little Stevie Siegel's expense. Yes, exactly. So before we get into the movie or little Stevie Siegel or Double K or any of our, our celebrity friends, maybe we should introduce each other for people who don't know us. I think you should go first. Okay, sure, I will. So this is my friend, Abby Barrett. She is a singer. She is a songwriter. And she is a David Beckham super fan. So yeah. this was this was like a, a really important movie for you because I know what a huge fan you are of British soccer star David Beckham. Yes, I am a huge fan of football. In je- that's what we call it. We call it football right, across your the people, pond. You call it, you call yeah. it football. Mm-hmm. So tell me, which was your favorite game that David Beckham played in? I think the one that he played in, um, there's that one in England that he played. He did play one in England. Yeah. I thought I got you. I thought I was going to get you and you turned it around on me. I'm a legit fan. You're a legit fan. Well, this is my good friend and Brendan. Friend and Brendan. (laughs) Oh, friend and Brendan. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Who is a filmmaker, a uh, writer, a musician, an animator. And he is the rabbit on the Trix commercials. That's true. Mm-hmm. Trix, because Trix aren't just for kids. I know. I know that that's what they say. Trix mm-hmm. are for kids. It's a silly rabbit, but they're not. I actually, you know what? That's funny. I did one of my jobs. I think I may have talked about this on the podcast. Is I did once dress up in the Trix rabbit outfit as a job, and oh, yeah, maybe, I, yeah, and I was. Uh, I'll I'll tell it again anyway. Um, and I was. In a supermarket, as as part of like a tricks promotion, where I was giving away boxes of tricks or whatever, and this this kid kept pulling on my tail, and I threatened him. What did you say to him? I I I I, I crouched down and I got in his face. I said, "I know what you look like. You don't know what I look like. I'm gonna take <laughs> this rabbit suit off and kick your ass." How old was this kid? He was probably ten. Oh, so he like knew you weren't like a real. 
You didn't like crush those dreams. Oh no, he knew he was so, fucking no. with you. Yeah, no okay. one thought. No, I don't think they thought I was a real rabbit. It was like a little little kid thought I was a real rabbit, but no, yeah. he was just being a little shit. Okay. But still, I was in the wrong. <laughs> Threatening to beat up a ten year old is always in the wrong. I mean, regardless, I think I was. Yes, okay. I think I was. All right, well, we can revisit that, but yeah. Yeah, why don't we re- revisit that after you take us through Bend It Like Beckham with one of your famous Abby Barrett recaps. This one is a doozy already. I can feel it. It is. So we have Jess, who's played by Parminder Dagra, who is obsessed with soccer. And mm-hmm. she has all these posters of David Beckham on her walls. And she plays in the park with all her um, like all her friends who are boys. She comes from an Indian family. So it's not necessarily something that she should be doing. So yeah, she- there's, they're very strict. They, they have very strict ideas of what a girl should do and what guys should do. Yes. Playing, playing football uh, is not something that they would really approve of. Correct. And so Jules, who's played by KK... Oh, sorry. Double K. Double K. Oh, God. Um, spots are playing um, in the park and comes over to recruit her for a girls' team. Hi. Hi. That was brilliant. Do you play for any side? Yeah, like you. Southall United. Sorry, squad. <laughs> play for Hanso Harriers, girls' side. It's close season at the moment, but we've got a summer tournament coming up. You should come along. Have a trial. A trial? You think I'm good enough? Yeah. Watch you a couple of times. You've gotten really good. I don't know. It's up to our coach, but I know we could do with some new blood. Play football. Yeah. I'm Jules. Oh, yes. Hi. <laughs> Has anyone ever seen you doing anything in public and been like, wow, you're really good at that. Maybe you should come join our team or, or you know, offer you a job or anything like that. Has it ever happened to you where you're doing something so excellent that someone came over and, and, and commented? And, and offered me like a position on the team? Or just commented that, oh, wow, you're really good at that. Or, you know. Has, you yeah, it's called something? gigs, Brendan. That's how you get everything? Oh, no, I've never gotten actual money through a gig. Um, oh, okay. No, I don't think like, I mean, yeah, nothing, certainly not sports. I don't know. What about you? Yeah. So I was, uh, one time a guy came up to me and was, I was out at a restaurant and a guy came up to me and said, the way you're eating, I feel like you would make a great professional eater. <laughs> and, uh, I wasn't trying to eat very quickly. <laughs> I was just, uh, I was just shoving hot dogs into my mouth. Nice. Like, yeah, and uh, he came over. And goes, wow, are you are you training for a competition? And I said, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Is this something that you're just making up? <laughs> Maybe, but you know what? It's actually true. Is I was I was out at the supermarket and I was buying some junk food because I, I go sometimes I eat healthy, but then I just kind of go into a hole where I was buying some junk food and I had it all lined up at the cashier and the cashier said, oh, are you having a party? <laughs> Oh, sad. <laughs> nope. Like, That's just, just how me. I eat. <laughs> like, this is a snack. This is just how I eat. Like, I'm having a party. So the volume and types of snack told her, oh, he must be having a party. Nope. He's just shame eating. Maybe she was, like, hitting on you. I don't think so, Abby. Okay. All right. It, she, she wasn't looking. What, you thought she maybe wanted it to like, invite hey, to the party? Kind of, yeah. No, because I would, I would like you can't have any of these chips. <laughs> this is a party of one. It's a party of one. A shame party. Yeah. Um. So Jess tries out for the girls' team, and she impresses Joe, the coach, who's played by Jonathan Rees Myers, I believe it's pronounced. Oh, is it? 
I, I just said that so confidently. You did. I was, you was full of confidence. Um, but I wasn't confident. So she like joins the team, but she doesn't tell her strict Indian family. And she's like sneaking out to practices and games. And she finally gets caught. And her parents forbid her from playing soccer. And Joe shows up at their house to try to talk to her family. I only found out today that you didn't know Jess was playing for our team. No, we didn't. I apologize. If I'd known, I would have encouraged Jess to tell you. Because I believe she's got tremendous potential. I think we know better our daughter's potential. Jess has no time for games. She'll be starting her university soon. But playing for the team is an honor. What bigger honor is there than respecting your elders? Young man, when I was a teenager in Nairobi, I was the best fast bowler in our school. Our team even won the East African Cup. But when I came to this country, nothing. I was not allowed to play in any of the teams. And these bloody Goras in their clubhouses made fun of my turban and sent me off packing. I'm sorry, Mr. Bamra. But now it's... Now what? None of our boys are in any of the football leagues. You think they will let our girls? So this is sort of the heart of the movie in a lot of ways, even though it is we it is a buddy movie, which is why we're watching it, you know, the, the, the friendship between Jess and Jules. Mm-hmm. But I thought that this part of the... I, I really liked how they didn't make the parents just full-out villains, that they were sort of, you know, you really kind of understood their point of view and what they were going through, and it was all done with love. And at the same time, she was very frustrated by her parents, even though she wanted to be a part of that sort of cultural... You know, she wanted to be yeah. part of the family. I will say that they kind of... Although they were both mostly lovely people there was part of me that was like oh it's both the dads that are the reasonable ones that come around it's or the moms got a little bit typecast as moms sort of like so yeah because you look at jules's mom and jules's mom is sort of you know jules and her dad have this great relationship because jules is really into soccer and the mom wants her to be more into boys yeah she's more she's conservative in her own way of wanting to sort of maintain these gender roles and Mm -hmm. you know so that part kind of bummed me out that like it was that it was the men were the more reasonable ones yeah because when is that fucking true (laughs) that's never true men can't (laughs) live with them past the beer nuts am i right ladies high five high five that was a solid high five that was a good that was a good one I'm really proud of you. So against Thank her you. parents' wishes, um, Jess decides to lie to her parents and join the team for a game in Germany. And Jess lies a lot in this movie. Like she keeps she, does her she fair keeps returning to the soccer, and I'm like, how is she getting yeah, away with this at this point? I feel like maybe this movie could have had a good 20 minutes cut out of it because there was a yes. lot of. Uh, I mean, I th- I like the movie, but I thought I thought there was a lot of sort of re- repetition of the same kind of cycle. Get yeah. caught, get caught, join the team. Yeah. Get caught, join the team. Get caught, join the team. Yes. Happened several times. Um, so after the game, they go out clubbing and Jules tries to dance with Joe. She's like interested in Joe, this whole movie. But Joe stops dancing with her to meet Jess outside the club because she seems like she's had a little bit too much to drink. And a scene ensues. That was so brilliant the way you came to my house. You were brave enough to face my mum. Your dad can't be as mad as her. Your mum's a barrel of laughs compared to my dad. I don't need to feel close to my family, Jess. I don't need you to feel sorry for me. And they're about to kiss, but Jules catches them, and she is not happy. She says, you bitch. 
Yeah, and walks off, and there's a big uh, schism in the relationship yep. between Jess and Jules at that point. It's really fascinating to me that sort of the central conflict between these two is it's like a love triangle involving a man, mm-hmm. but because I think a lot of queer... I've talked to a lot of queer women of a certain age, and the moment they realized <laughs> was watching Kira Knightley in Bend It Like Beckham. And so oh. this is like, you know, it's it's more that, you know, to the point where someone, I forget whether it was someone I, something I read or someone I actually knew was sort of like, their mother was like, I knew it, that Kira Knightley, if I hadn't shown you that <laughs> Bend It Like Beckham movie. That's what, yeah, turned them basically. That's what basically had the moment of, oh, wow, yeah, this yeah. is what I'm into. And, you know, it almost could have been a relationship between the two of them it was which is weird because i actually i remembered i misremembered the movie you know i saw it when it first came out and i was sort of confused because i was like oh i thought she was gay in the end and she wasn't and it was sort of a little disappointing how some of that was handled right you know but we'll get to that I think All right. we'll, we'll, we'll talk let, about we'll, it later. I don't know. Let's let, let's, let's anything let's get goes to on this podcast. That's true. Hey, you're you're driving the recap here. I'm, I really I'm just, am. Uh, I'm like I'm I just, just grabbed the bull a by the horns on the highway of <laughs> Abby's recaps. Of these shaky recaps. Um, <laughs> so Jules is really mad at Jess, and she feels betrayed. So she ends the friendship. And Jules's mother overhears their fight and thinks her daughter is a lesbian. Um, right, big misunderstanding. Yes. Classic threes company Classic. style misunderstanding. You know, if you just communicated people. Meanwhile, Jess is... Yeah, just, you hate that, right? You, you hate when that happens. Yeah. Because, like, like it, just I just wanted to be solved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Jess's sister's wedding is scheduled for the same day as the big tournament finals, so Jess stops coming to practice, and then Joe shows up to talk to her, talk to her, her like, to t- talk her out of it. I can't talk. To, to, to talk her out of it. That was my um, remix noise. You're just staring at me. <laughs> Got my results. Starting university soon. I won't have time to train and stuff. Oh, that's a shame. I could have seen you play for England someday. Jules still has a shot. She told me about the scout coming. Sorry I'm letting her down. I asked that scout to come for you too. He was interested in both of you. Me? Why are you doing this to me, Joe? Every time I talk myself out of it, you come around and make it sound so easy. I guess I don't want to give up on you. Don't we all wish that we had a dreamy Irish hunk that wouldn't give up on us. Isn't mm-hmm. that what we all wish we had in life? Who would keep pulling us back in. And that those I and the, mm. the, just the Irish accent, right? You 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 you, get, you like the Irish accent, don't you? Don't you? Don't you? Okay, so calm down. <laughs> I I do. <laughs> right, right. He's a little remember- too pretty though. He's a little too pretty. He yeah. is very pretty. He is he's not rugged. He's not rugged Irish handsome. He's just very he's like model Irish handsome. Yes. Do you remember we were we used to hang out at the bar where there were these Irish bartenders and they were a riot because they were just so nasty and they were just so brutal. Yes. And there was this one guy who couldn't keep up with like all the slagging is slagging is the Irish for basically ball busting, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just diff- it's definitely part of the cult. You know, my father was from Ireland. It's definitely part of the culture. You and I do it to each other all the time where we just, you know, make fun of each other, basically. And they were talking about this one guy who just couldn't handle it. And he was just like, God, I just hate the Irish. 
like they're always so smart and funny and they're always making fun of me and basically he couldn't keep up so yeah. he was just like he just hated it he's just like i can't do this anymore i can't keep up <laughs> with the teasing it's just it's kind of sad though because it is know. sad if it weren't yeah it is sad but like it's again it's a cultural thing where that's just how we we the irish uh, i'm irish american but that's how we show affection yeah People confuse that often that you and you and I kind of go after each other harder than anyone. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and people some people don't get it and think we're actually hate each other. I actually do, but I pretend that I'm like slagging. Oh, you! This is fake for you. you oh yeah, you, no, I've hated you for years. <laughs> oh no! Oh my god! This is an, all an elaborate plan to. What's your end game? I don't know. I've lost it. <laughs> We started, doing, we started doing the podcast, and I'm like, I don't know, it's kind of fun. We'll see where this goes, but I still hate him. So is this, has, has this been saving my life, do you think? Like, yeah, could, kind you think of. You could have got to murder? Yeah, like torture, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> well, you would stop short of murder, and that's comforting in some way. Never you mind, on to the next clip. So on her sister's wedding day, Jess is miserable because she's missing like the big game. And finally her father is just like, go... Go join the team, play the game, because I don't want to see you sad. And I think he's just realizing that this is something that's really important to her. And she ends up scoring the winning goal and makes up with Jules. And they're both offered scholarships to play in America. And Jess's mother doesn't want her to go, but her father speaks up. These cricket players threw me out of their club like a dog. I never complained. On the contrary, I vowed that I will never play again. Who suffered? Me. But I don't want Jesse to suffer. I don't want her to make the same mistakes that her father made of accepting life, accepting situations. I want her to fight. And I want her to win. Because I've seen her playing, she's she's brilliant. I don't think anybody has the right of stopping her. That's a really nice moment. It is. I'm not crying, you're crying. You're crying. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the movie. Oh, wait, no, that's not. Just kidding. So they all fly off and go to America and play soccer together. And Joe and... Jess are like, well, let's let's keep her. We'll see each other over Christmas. Let's see if we can make this work. Right. They make out a lot in the airport. They do. Well, while everybody's looking at, at David Beckham. Yes. I don't know if it was the real David Beckham. I don't. Uh, th- probably not. It was probably a lookalike. I would think, right? Yeah, I think it was a lookalike. Yeah, you're a lookalike. Um. Yeah, I look like myself. No, you're a David Beckham lookalike. Oh yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> Obviously. You look, you look exactly like David Beckham. Shaved head, tattoos, beautiful physique. Mm-hmm. That's the movie. That's the movie. So that is Bend It Like Beckham. But the question is, who has the better friendship, Jess and Jules or Abby and Brendan? We'll find out right after this break. Buddies are like assholes. Everyone should have one. This episode is brought to you by Grave B&B. Grave B&B. What is that, Abby? Well, Brandon, I'll tell you. These days, people take great care in choosing their eternal resting place. They sure do. Whether it's a cemetery lying next to loved ones or an urn on the mantle, your final destination needs to be really you. Mm-hmm. 
But what if eternity in the same old place gets a little boring? Grave B&B is a temporary grave rental service that allows you to temporarily rent graves in different locations. Want your body to be sent to Maui? Done. Reykjavik, Iceland? No problem. Jupiter? Maybe someday, Brendan. Maybe someday. Hold, hold on a second. So the concept of this company, Grave B&B, is that they take your body to different places, different graves? Yeah, you get to like hop around. Well, what happens to the people whose grave you're in? They're filling other people's graves. So they move, your, your body moves to one grave and their body moves to another grave. Sure. I mean, everybody's checking out all the different options. So this company basically just moves a bunch of dead bodies around. That is what it does. Yeah, it's a service. It's a, it's a service. Yeah. Right. No, I could see why a dead body would really care where it is buried. Well, where do you want to be buried, Brendan? Uh, I want my body exploded, and then every tiny little piece I want to go to a different Taco Bell somewhere in the world. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that as Grave B&B's expanding their services... You think they can do that for me? I think that I think maybe someday, Brandon. <laughs> maybe someday. Maybe. Or maybe we need a better sponsor. So if you're a sponsor out there, and you don't move dead bodies around, although I guess we shouldn't really be be too picky here. No. Please contact us. Please contact us. We need your help. Buddies. Welcome back to We're Too Old for this podcast. I am Abby Barrett. And I am Brendan Boogie, and we are talking about 2002's Bend It Like Beckham, the British buddy movie about two teenage girls that love football and each other and dreamy Irish coaches and dancing and all lying kinds of things to their that parents. They love. they love lying to their parents <laughs> and sneakers <laughs> mm-hmm. love love sneakers kicks they love kicks so before we get into the movie this is the segment of the show where we compare our friendship to the movie friendship but before we do that maybe people should know how it is that we met yeah a lot of people don't know this but um we met at a um a seminar mm-hmm. for um colonics a, a colonic seminar yeah yes. And we met, there was a class about like the various tubes that you could use. Right. And we met during that. It was sort of like a volunteer demonstration situation. Right. We were there to sort of, uh, we're just both very interested in colonics, high colonics, yep. low colonics, middle Middle. Just spectrum of colonics. Right. The whole spectrum. And we're just, we're just, I wouldn't go... I don't know. Would you call us hobbyists, or would you call us uh, uh, rock and tours? I think. I think I. I would. I don't one hundred percent know what that word means. I, do, I don't think that's what that means. Um, I think we are dilettantes. Are we dilettantes? When no, because we're a little bit that... more serious than dilettantes. Oh, okay, so we're not dilettantes about uh, high colonics. I feel like we are. I think we're aficionados. I think we we're are aficionados. Yeah. That's the word I was looking. We for. We didn't go pro, but like we know a lot right. about it. Right, we know yeah. a lot about it, and 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 so the tubes were there, and and, yep. and remind me, did anything wacky happen with, with the tubes? Yeah, they did get. Um, I was administering a colonic to um, a volunteer audience member, and mm-hmm. um, I got confused, and I I made a big knot. Mm-hmm. Just everything got stuck, and then the pressure just made everything explode. Explode, um, and you were like right there. Yeah, and laughing. I threw it to you because I didn't want to explode in my face. 
Right, and it did explode in my face. Yes, and and and, uh, and kind of that's why I have the scarring. Yes, on the one side of my face, and mm-hmm. that movie, uh, Man Without a Face, starring Mel Gibson, was actually based on this. That incident. was that was yeah. Yeah, they took out the colonic part and just had him be. I don't know what happened to his face because I, I, didn't d- see I that never movie. saw that movie either. But I'm pretty sure that's what happened. This is what happens when you start down the road of a reference and you don't haven't seen the movie <laughs> nope. or the reference. It's just disaster. It's a disaster when that happens. I mean, you've started off confidently. I, I do everything with confidence. Yes. I'm going to go down in flames with confidence. And that's how we met. True story. True story. <laughs> so the first question God we ask. Damn it. <laughs> so the first question we ask is, which one of us is the Jess and which one of us is the Jules? Yes. What do you think? Are you going to go first? No, I think I'm going to go first only because okay. I think I know. Go for it. I think that you are the you are the Kira Knightley in this situation. I am. Mm-hmm. Double K. Tell me why. I think you're like excited to do something <laughs> and are like, hey, you might be good at this. And I'm all mm-hmm. like, yeah, like I probably could be, but you know, I can't. Mostly because I say no to a lot of things. Right. You know? Yeah. And I enjoy lying. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's... You enjoy lying. <laughs> um, no, I just think that, like, it's one... The Kira's Knightley character is more proactive, I think. Yes, right. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I am Jules and you are Jess. And I think it's for similar reasons. I think it's because I, like, I probably... I think I recruited you to do this podcast. Correct. I see your talent... And I always try to encourage your talent. But I also think you're like Jess because I think of the two of us, you're more likely to lead a double life. Yes. Like you're more likely to sort of show on one side and then kind of secretly do something else. Whereas I am such like a sharer. And mm-hmm. I'm so, like, I am just so, such a fucking blabbermouth that I I don't keep secrets very well. And I just would, you know, I just talk about everything all the time. And, and I... Uh, so I think I think I think we got it. I think you're you're the Jess and I'm the Jules. Yeah, I think that's nice when we agree. It is nice when we agree. Yeah, feels good. It does. It does feel good. Yeah, it feels really good. It's, it's a really nice moment for us. Yeah, we, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying this. <laughs> so one of the things in this movie with Jess is that feeling of parental pressure and how you know because of the expectations on her. She has to sort of sneak and she has to sort of, you know, the, the idea of, of what she's supposed to be in her family and in her culture is different than what she wants to be. Yes, have, definitely. Have you ever experienced anything like that where, you know, your either your parents or your family or someone in your family sort of wanted you to go a direction and you wanted to go another direction? Yeah, I mean, I feel like growing up in a family where... uh like rodeo was really big, even though I grew up in New York City. It's strange, right. but I was super into rodeo. And my parents really didn't want me to pursue that because they thought mm. um, I was better at um, wrestling. And <laughs> so it was just hard because I'm like, I'm not a professional, great re- professional, professional wrestling, obviously. <laughs> you know, because like on the weekends, they would paint their faces and have characters. And I just really yeah. wanted to, you know, ride the the bulls and the horses and i thought i think you already didn't you already flip it i think you flipped it i (laughs) they wanted you to do rodeo but you wanted to do wrestling i thought is what you said 
You know, I don't think we need to uh, belabor the point. <laughs> you I feel like I feel like you are um, minimizing the pain and anguish that I felt. I that. am by by asking you to to stay <laughs> <laughs> with the premise that you created. <sighs> You're right. That's my fault. That's my. That bad is for your pointing fault. That out. That's that's the point. So so how did it all turn out? I I I, I, I am terrified to ask. I decided to um, write songs instead. Yeah, and they I, are and all I, rodeo and wrestling based. Uh, oh, so you it, with your music career, you decide to combine the two by yes. making rodeo and wrestling songs. Yes, correct. And your parents are very supportive of that. Um, I killed them both years ago. <laughs> like, wait, wait to bury the lead. Well, you know, and to bury your parents in the, is, in the backyard. Yeah, I like that. Double entendre. Mm-hmm. Double entendre. Entendre. What about you? Yeah, my, I was very lucky. My parents were actually extremely, it was very important to them that we all, I have siblings, that we all found our own way and that we kind of explored the life and there was like zero pressure to ever do anything other than what I, what we wanted to do. And in fact, my name, Brendan is uh, named after an explorer, Brendan the Navigator, so that we I would explore life and I would explore and, yeah. and sort of forge my own path. So I had the opposite of, of um, Jess's situation in Bend It Like Beckham because there was zero pressure. And not only that, it was like actively encouraged for me to just like do, to follow whatever it was that I was interested in. So, so I've never gotten a second of pushback on oh maybe you should do something more conservative or right more, right like, never got a second of that always a hundred percent encouraged it's weird I'm very lucky yeah that's nice oddly enough my um mom's wrestling name was brendan the navigator brendan the navigator <laughs> yeah. yes i remember there was a there was a lawsuit mm-hmm. uh, that my family filed yes yeah, we lost. We lost badly. We lost yeah. badly. Now flipping it. Now, if you had children, you and I don't have children together or with other people that we know of. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you like? What are some? You know, one of the things in the movie is the dad doesn't want. In that speech we heard, the dad doesn't want her to make the same mistakes that he did. What if you had children? What are some mistakes that you'd want them to avoid from your life? Or you know, if you have kids, you go, okay, I definitely don't want you to go down that path. You know, I kind of one of the things I really hate about listening to, like when I'm listening to other podcasts or interviews with, you know, celebrities and actors, and they're like, oh, like, you know, I would never want my kid to go into acting. I just think it's the most obnoxious thing mm-hmm. ever because it's the assumption that like it was so tough. Like, sure, they want to shield their kids from from pain, from pain. But it's also, you know, you're basically telling your kid, like, I don't I don't think you can handle what I had to deal with. And so Mm. as a parent, I think I would want, you know, you know, barring something like super dangerous. Yeah. Like they should they would pursue whatever they wanted to as long as it was safe and they were happy. Yeah, I feel like the only things I would if I had kids, the only things that I would try to impart to them is. Start stretching early. Oh yes, very true. <laughs> like I, if I could go back in time and go just, just stretch, just, yep. just a little every stretching, day, little every day, yep. you're you're going to save yourself so much pain later. Yes. 
And when you get your first job, do 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 the the four hundred one k like just yes. stick it stick whatever money in there. You don't miss that money, and then like twenty years, thirty years later, you're like, oh shit. So those are the only so things like that. I would be like, do that, but they probably wouldn't. Yeah. They probably wouldn't listen. Would you listen to me if I were your dad? God no. Right. I would add to that like get get gas when you need it. Don't wait till the next morning. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know if you have quarters, hold on to them. You're gonna need quarters. Hold on to quarters. Hold that's on the, to quarters. That's, Always. That's the big, yeah. big advice from 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 Abigail Barrett. Yeah. Hold on to quarters. Hold on to your quarters, kids. Hold on to your quarters. Kids. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Hold on to your quarters. And, and don't put off school. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We're having a rough episode, aren't we? Oh, I think this is great. <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing well. You're doing very well. (laughs) I'm crushing it. So when we get into the friendship of Jess and Jules, their big schism, their big schism is when they both uh, have a crush on the same guy. They have the crush on their coach. Yes. Um, Has that happened to you with friends? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, how did it all work out? I think that I've been, for the most part, really good at prioritizing the friendship over the dude, you know. Even when you were young? Yeah, I mean, because the, the, I was friends first before, you know. I mean, if it was with some random person who I didn't know, then that doesn't, you know, it's right. different. But yeah, I've always kind of, you know, because crushes come and go, you know, it's not... Yeah, it's tough though when you're that age because it does feel like the yeah, crush it feels like the end so of the world. Overwhelming to you, and and like only looking back, you're like, oh wow, I can't even believe I, I liked that person, much less thought they were like the most important person right, in, in yeah. the history of the world. It's crazy how hormones work like that. Yeah, that's why I had my genitals removed. Yes, I see them in that jar behind you. Yes, right. I bring mm-hmm. them to the studio, and I I, I think it's. Important to have them around to remind me of my manhood, but I don't have any of the difficult downfalls. <laughs> you just check in with them once in a I while. I just check in and go, right, remember remember that? Remember those days? Give them I mean, things, things are better now, but remember those days? We had a good run, didn't we, genitals? Yep. And they're like, we sure did, Brendan. It's good to see you, buddy. <laughs> Can you add some more formaldehyde, please? <laughs> I think the fact that you're making my general so high voiced is some kind of comment on this, their size. Well, you would think, think they're going to be like, oh, what's up, Brendan? How you well, doing? Obviously, you don't think that. Well, I think if they're dismembered from your body, yeah, they're going to be a little bit high pitched. All right. Well, fair enough. Trust me, I'm a doctor. <laughs> you are your physician. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a sports movie, and you, once again, are a huge sports <sighs> fan. I love it. No, but in all seriousness, you're you're not a big sports fan. Have you ever been a sports fan? I, it's not for lack of wanting to be a sports fan because I do. I've always sort of admired people who are like, "Oh, Sunday we're gonna like watch the game, like sit around." And I don't mm-hmm. have the attention span, I think. And I always feel like I should be doing something more productive. Mm. Um, but like you know, like I'd like to go to occasional game at Fenway, or I I appreciate. The sort of athletic ability, I mean, it's just something so far beyond my realm. Like, I appreciate it. I just don't have the attention span for it. Yeah, I think the appeal to me is a couple things. The appeal is sort of 
excellence you know when mm-hmm. you're drawn to when when you're watching something done at the highest level that it can be done that's always interesting to me yeah but th- but the other part of it is the tribalism of it which is sort of like the place that you are happen to be in that's you are now a part of that team and you root for them right which which has its good and its bad with it but like so for so for but I, I I used to be a huge sports fan when I was younger mm-hmm. and like I was you know grew up in the Boston area was way into Boston sports like it was but it was I watched it the way I watched it in an unpleasant way like it hurt to watch like yeah I would yell and get really frustrated and all that whenever they lose and then when they when they finally started winning with like Tom Brady and then the Red Sox with Pedro and Big Poppy and all that stuff when they started winning, I felt like, oh, I felt like kind of free from it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I kind of just was like, oh, I don't have to get on this anxiety train anymore. And so I stopped, very slowly stopped watching. And now I don't watch sports really at all. Yeah. And I got to tell you, it's fucking great. It's also like, it's weirdly, you know, you feel like, oh, well, we're all the underdogs together and we can, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of like being in the trenches together. And when that's... Right. When you're, it's it's a little, it's boring too. When you're, the winning, being on the winning team, it's or being like a supporter of the winning team gets kind of boring. Yeah, I mean, I don't see. I didn't. I don't mind. To me, like with the Patriots, for instance, like people hate the Patriots, obviously, but like the what the Patriots, the interesting thing about the Patriots is they were no longer competing against their peers. They were competing against history. Like they were, like I think that's the other appeal of sports is historically what's happened. And look at you, look at Tom Brady, and you go, okay, could he do enough that he's unquestionably the greatest right, of all right. time? And that that's interesting. And so you kind of are rooting for that. But I think the tribalism ultimately turned me off, especially when you see it play out in politics and and in our culture in such a crazy way the last several years. And I think like I was like, oh, I don't really want to be any group that I don't want to I don't want to get into groupthink. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and people take it so seriously it. that it's it's sort of sad and disappointing. Like it is. And anytime I like turn on the radio and it's just like you know two hours of like sports guys, angry. Like, they're so angry and they they know it all apparently, and it's just like yeah, it's all fake anger. Free it's up like, some bandwidth for like other thoughts. Well, one I think it it gets a little more interesting to me when you talk about like international sports. So I actually have a quiz here about international sports wow like just like the movie inter well they call it sport yes they do in england not sport they say sport and then they say maths maths yes they switch them they switch it up they switch it up so i have would you like to take this international sport quiz abby i I sure would okay so i think you're gonna do very well in this because you are a well-known sports fan i am i'm an aficionado Mm mm-hmm just like the, you're an aficionado of sports and high colonics. Yes. So this first question is about uh, soccer or football, as they call it in England. So so uh, it's a multiple choice question. Okay. Uh, during a lower tier professional soccer game in England, a team unexpectedly won after A, a player was bitten by a police dog there for crowd control, allowing his team extra time while he recovered. B, when one team had too many injured players to field a full squad, the other team agreed to tie one hand behind the goalkeeper's back, and he actually made three saves and still won the game. 
Or C, both teams were so hungover from partying together the night before, they decided the winner by coin flip instead of playing the game. Then they all went out drinking together some more. Which of those actually happened? Um, I think I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with C. The They didn't play the game. They were too drunk and they just flipped a coin. Yes. No, I'm sorry. I made that up. The true one is actually A, the dog bite. Oh, that was the one I was really going to go for. There was, and there's actually a really good, uh, Netflix has this documentary series about all these things in sports, these kind of failures in sports. Um, and uh, it, it's an interesting story because like the dogs were there to sort of like control the crowd because the oh, dogs no. were getting all riled up. Oh, and then the player ran over and the dog bit the player pretty badly. But then they ended up winning the game because they had uh, penalty time, which, is, which helped them. Uh, this one, you know, speaking of England, this one is about cricket. Are you familiar with cricket? I am familiar cricket. with it. I, I don't know how to play, but I am familiar. Okay, well, th- th- here's another uh, multiple choice question. Which is a true fact about cricket? A, cricket was named cricket because in the early days, the players would play late into the night where the only ones still awake were the crickets. Mm-hmm. B, midway through a cricket match, the players stop what they're doing and go drink tea. Or C, the longest cricket match ever recorded was 28 days between England and South Africa, and England ended up winning by just one run. I'm going to go with C again, because that really helped me in the, in the previous question. Right. That is actually incorrect. The longest cricket game ever recorded was nine days, not 28 days. Oh. But in every cricket game, they stop for tea. Well, that's nice. Isn't that nice? Do they have them separately, or do they drink tea together? I'm not sure. I think maybe they go to their t- separate teams and have tea and have like a little toast and all that. They're very civilized. Cucumber sandwiches. Right, exactly. They're, it's, you know, they're, they're very civilized people. See, that's a sport I could get behind. Really? For a bunch of colonizers? Um, I just wanted the cucumber sandwiches. <laughs> you don't want to colonize anyone. You just want cucumber <laughs> sandwiches, damn it. Abby, are you familiar at all with the Irish game of hurling? Um, I don't, not really, no. Okay, hurling is sort of a, it's a little bit like field hockey. It's played with a stick and a very hard ball. Okay. It's an Irish game. Which one of these nicknames for an Irish hurling player is made up? So one of them I made up, the rest of them are true. Okay. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. John Bubbles O'Dwyer from Tipperary. Okay. Chunky Liam O'Brien from Kilkenny. Mm-hmm. PJ Fingers O'Connell from Clare. <laughs> okay. Gavin Potato Face Clancy from Kildare. Okay. And Pouty Pebbles O'Sullivan from Cork. I'm going with Potato Face. That is correct. <laughs> Potato Face I made up. And Gavin Clancy is actually a friend of mine. So okay. shout out to Gavin. <laughs> so this one is about uh, um, Canadian football. So American football, but this is the Canadian Football League which is like the NFL, but in Canada. Okay. That's okay? confusing. Yep. Yes, I know. So it's like uh, it's just like the NFL, except they play it in Canada with their own teams. So which one is a true fact about the Canadian Football League? You ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In 1995, the league decided to move the time of their championship game to the afternoon so fans wouldn't have to choose between watching the game or a televised concert by the Tragically Hip that night. Mm-hmm. Okay. B, after a ruckus free poutine night, the Montreal Alouettes had to cancel the last game of their season due to damage done on the field by gravy. Mm-hmm. Or C, there were a total of nine teams in the league and two of them were named the Rough Riders. Mm, it's not B. Um, I'm going to go... 
Because I know it's probably wrong going with C. C is correct. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so there were there were only nine teams, and two of them were named the Rough Riders. There was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Ottawa Rough Riders. That's really dumb. Ottawa eventually changed their name, but there was this big argument over who had to change their name, and they they had it's like having the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Patriots. Yeah, that's it's terrible. So stupid. God, you gotta love Canada. And finally, this is a sport that you are familiar with: badminton. Mm-hmm. You're actually a champion badminton player, as as people, longtime listeners will know. Yes. So, which one of these facts about your beloved sport of badminton is not true? Okay. Okay. Early badminton strings were made out of the intestines of cats and cows. Mm-hmm. B, the world's largest shuttlecock is 18 feet tall and weighs 5,500 pounds. Or C, they initially coined the term shuttlecock as a joke, but it just stuck. <laughs> Which one's not true? Yes. I think that's last one, C. That is correct. That is, I made okay. that up. The other okay. two are very true. The largest shuttlecock in the world is outside of a museum. And it's actually a big, uh, there's four of them, four big shuttlecocks. I'm assuming it's a badminton museum? No, I think it's just a modern art museum, but there's this like installation of these giant shuttlecocks. Huh. Giant shuttlecock, my nickname in college. (laughs) That's just not true. (laughs) Not true at all. Again, (laughs) bonus point for you. You You got the last one. So I won, right? So that's the quiz. You won. And more importantly, we learned a lot. We sure did about sports. We learned about sports. We learned about our relationship. And we learned about the relationship between Jess and Jules in the movie Bend It Like Beckham. So it seems like there's only one thing left, Abby. What do you think we should do next? Um, I think we should watch the movie again and talk about it. Like really talk about it, man. <laughs> so we should do the entire thing that we've already done. We yeah. should do that over again. Let's do it over again. You know what? I'm going to opt out on that one. Okay. And instead, let's just do The Verdict. Okay. And that's coming up next. Bud Plugs! It's Bud Plugs, where Abby and I plug our shit. I have got a brand new Substack newsletter called Boogie Writes. It's a bunch of comedy essays and all kinds of weird stuff that will be delivered directly to your email box is that a thing an email box there's a free tier and a paid tier so please subscribe just go to brendanboogie.substack.com it's brand new i hope you like it and i think it's great but i think i'm great and uh abby's got nothing this week so abby's uh abby's a real jerk abby's abby's kind of a loser she's got nothing going on but i got lots going on and this has been bud plugs And welcome back. Now is the segment of the show where we give the verdict. Who has the better friendship? Jess and Jules from 2002's Bend It Like Beckham or Abby and Brendan from 2002's Don't Bend It Because I Can't Bend Anymore Because I'm Old. (laughs) That's the name of our movie. It's completely appropriate. It is exactly. I can't bend anymore. I could never God bend. Damn it. I can't now. bend like Beckham or anyone else. Yeah, I can bend like a stiff oak tree. <laughs> That's true. Oak trees do not bend very well, no, which don't. is what they they say often. The uh, what is the you know? I used to work in mental health, and one of the things we used to talk about is what is the strongest tree? And people would say, "Oh, the oak, the mighty oak, or whatever." It's like, no, the strongest tree is the palm tree, 
because when a hurricane comes in, a palm tree just rolls with it and pops right back up, whereas a strong wind will crack an oak. So the key to strength is not rigidity, but flexibility. And that there is your mental health <laughs> coaching session of the day. I believe that's like an old, like not an Aesop fable, but that's an old adage too. Yeah, it's an yeah. adage, but yeah. it's, it's very interesting to think of it that way. Think of, of strength as flexibility versus uh, staying rigid and, and, and with mental health especially. That's a little mental health coaching from your pal, Brendan. <laughs> In our mental health segment. That was our mental oh. health moment. <laughs> Buddy brains. Buddy brains, our mental health moment. We should have more mental health moments. Maybe that'll be a new segment. Yeah, we should. Where we just stop stop being silly, get serious, and talk about like depression and shit. Yeah, that would be, I mean. I'm sure people would love that. I'm sure I that's, mean... what people, that's what people tune in for. We are both experts in that. Yes. So... I will be very depressed if we don't agree on the verdict, but but hey, it's happened before and we both survived. We I'm did. flexible like the mighty oak. What? No, no I got no, it wrong. Wrong. I got it wrong. So do you want to go first with the verdict or shall I? I think you should go first. Okay. So I think that this is an easy one. Okay. And I think whenever we because we're competing with two teenage girls. Let's face facts. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. teenage girl th- this this movie was good in the sense that it was a very accurate teenage girl relationship. I think they were both smart but they weren't you didn't feel like they were little adults. I always I always don't like when movies have teenagers as they're just little adults. Yeah. I liked how this movie they were they were clearly smart kids, but emotionally they were still teenagers. Yeah. And I think that, you know, with especially when you talk about sort of Jules getting mad at Jess for liking a guy and feeling like she had some kind of dibs on him and that's a very teenage thing and yes they did make up so i think they grew and had maturity and for a teenage friendship it's a good friendship yes i think but i think comparing a teenage friendship to an adult friendship is the the teenage friendship is gonna usually lose at least to our friendship so i think we have the better friendship abby and brendan have the better friendship than jess and jules and that is my verdict what is your verdict Abby Barrett. But, I mean, what if there was a movie where they're adults now? Stop it. I hate when you do that. I know. God, that's why I that do it. the worst. <laughs> bend it like Beckham 2. Mm-hmm. They're in their 40s and they can't bend it anymore. No, they're very tired. Yeah, I think I am going to agree with that. They are just kind of starting out on their lives. Um, they have each other's backs, but, you know. They've got a long road ahead of them, and yeah. And you're thinking about after the movie. You what know what? Because I the see movie? them. I see them as full characters. Right. They exist outside of. They are such solid characters. I can see their future. <laughs> Get out that crystal ball. And it is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Kira Knightley mm-hmm. ends up getting kidnapped by pirates, and she has to hang out with Johnny Depp all the time. Oh, yeah, it's the worst. Oh, poor Jules. Yep. Just stay, just stick to soccer, kid. Just, yeah, things, just, things are not going to go well. Don't join the pirates. Although Orlando Bloom, am I right? Uh, yeah, no, I'm not. No. Oh, really? Yeah. He's a handsome man. I mean, I had a big crush on Johnny Depp when I was younger, so. That's true. How do you feel about him now? He seems kind Have of... things deteriorated? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's still handsome, but... 
It's tough to... His yeah, personality to... has changed a lot. I'm just kidding. I don't know what his personality was like. <laughs> He's um, changed so much. He has. Um, yeah. So I think that like we, in the end, we are the better friends. Um, yes. Because, you know, this is like a moment in time for them. Right. And you and are, would they? do you think their podcast would last as long as ours has without them fighting? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Our podcast is proof. <laughs> it will last proof forever. Of our friendship. Yes. So, so out there, if you want a friendship as, as good as Abby and mine, get yourself a goddamn podcast. Yeah. Start watching your own goddamn buddy movies. Yeah. Make your own podcast. Yeah, stop seriously. making us do it. Will you guys stop making us do this podcast? I'm so tired. We're so tired. We're so very tired. So we agree this we do. week. Excellent. I'm not depressed we now. Have this, we've had two nice mo- moments so far. We. This has been a really yeah. good episode for us. Yeah. But buckle up. It's about to get oh, worse. Oh, it's going to get so much worse. So, Abby. Yes. What, yeah. if, <laughs> what if we were Jess and Jules? Baron and Boogie reenact a scene from a motion picture, but change the words a little bit. Hello, hello, hello. I was walking through the park here watching you. You're brilliant. Who? Me? Absolutely. You ever thought about going pro? Who? Me? Yes, mate. You're the bloody one I'm speaking to, isn't it? Oh, right. No, I never did it serious-like. It's just a little free time, rumpy-bumpy. You know, a bit of cheeky fun that butters me crumpet. Well, you're bloody good, and I've seen the best. Have you ever heard of David Beckham? Of course. He's brilliant. You think I could be as good as him? I mean, he's a much better footballer than you, obviously. But when it comes to chipmunk wrestling, which is what you're doing, he can't touch you, mate. You think I'm a better chipmunk wrestler than Beckham? For sure, mate. But let's see your stuff. How quickly can you pin that squirrel over there? Don't know. Squirrels are tricky, innit? Just one thing. Do we have to keep doing these terrible British accents? Is that what we're supposed to be doing? I thought someone left us in a hot car all day. I know, right? It's not even close. This is the worst accent I've ever heard in my life. Oh, it's fucking terrible, mate. Wait, look out! Squirrel attack! Oh, shit! Get him! Get him, Abby! You fucking cheeky bastard! Squirrel, get the squirrel! My neck, my neck! Hey, buddies, if you like what you hear, please follow us at We're Too Old Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, Friendster. I think our GeoCities is probably still up and running. If you have an idea for a movie you'd like us to talk about, or if you're a sponsor that wants to offer us some of that sweet, sweet podcast money, email us at we'retooldpod at gmail.com or just look out the window because Abby and I are out there. We're watching you right now. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks, buddies.